You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. I would like to welcome this week's special guest, Dr. Doug Knieven. Dr. Knieven received his veterinary degree from Ohio State University in 1987 and has been practicing medicine in Beaver County, Pennsylvania ever since. The reason I asked Dr. Knieven to join us is because he is certified in veterinary acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, and chiropractic, as well as having advanced training in natural nutrition, which I've always had a huge interest in. Um, not only that, but massage therapy and homeopathy. Dr. Knieven has been practicing alternative medicine since 1993 and lectures around the country and has written several books as well. Two of my favorite books, which I refer to all the time and which I recommend to so many people, were written by Dr. Knieven, the first being Stand By Me, a holistic handbook for animals and their people and the lives they share together, and his newer book, The Holistic Health Guide, Natural Care for the Whole Dog. They are fabulous books. So you won't want to miss this interview, and I'm really excited about talking to Dr. Doug shortly. So before we meet Dr. Doug, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome our special guest today, Dr. Doug Conneven, who will be talking to us about holistic care for the whole dog. Hi, Dr. Doug. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Pia? Oh, I'm well, thank you. I'm so excited that you're on. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Let's start off first. Um, I, I see in your book, you talk about holistic medicine and dogs. And I think this is a really good starting point for everyone. And the most obvious question is, what is holistic medicine? Yeah, that's a question that everyone comes up with because there are a lot of terms associated with alternative medicine and holistic medicine and so forth. But holistic medicine really means looking at the patient as a whole. And we talk about it you know, like body, mind, and spirit but it's also looking at the pattern of disease as opposed to just looking at the symptoms of disease. So it's really treating the whole patient and not just the symptoms. Wonderful. Interesting. And I mean, this has been done for many, many years, hasn't it? Oh, yes. I mean, really, most of the ancient forms of healing addressed the entire being and and believed in the whole spiritual aspect of healing as well as the physical aspects of healing. So this is definitely uh, a very uh, old form of medicine. And do you find that it's becoming more and more popular with uh, dogs, cats, and other pets? Well, certainly their owners are uh, very happy with holistic medicine. And, and I have to tell you that, I mean, my, my appointments are booked like a month in advance because people are just you know, beating down the door to, to get some alternatives to the regular Western medicine. Yes, and I am one of those, so <laughs> I can definitely understand it. A topic that has that everybody's talking about lately, and not only the veterinary uh, colleges and universities, but uh, local vets and pet owners, is the necessity of yearly vaccines in pets. And you address this in your book, and I'd like you to just take a little time to talk about that, if you don't mind. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is a topic that I think everyone needs to be aware of. Um, it has been common for the distemper parvo vaccine in dogs and the distemper vaccine in cats to be given uh, every year. And that's the way the vaccines were labeled. Uh, but recent research has shown that these vaccines are good for a lot longer than a year, at least three or four years, maybe as long as seven years or even the life of the animal once they get them as an adult. And vaccinating them more frequently doesn't help protect them anymore from the disease. It simply possibly causes problems with their immune system if they're getting too many vaccines. So I think that vaccinating at the correct level, you know, at a a more prudent level is much more beneficial for our animals. And if somebody's nervous about it and they want to make sure that their pet has full immunity to it, isn't there something that can be done, such as a titer test? Yes, a blood titer is a blood test that looks at the antibody level. And specifically for distemper in parvo in dogs and for distemper in cats, it's been shown that those uh, antibody levels do correlate with how well the animal can fight off the disease. So if an animal is due for vaccines and the owner would rather um, rather test the blood 
instead of getting the vaccine, that certainly is a viable option. How often do you recommend that the, say we have a client who really does not want to vaccinate on a yearly basis, should they titer yearly? I think that's right now that's what I'm recommending is yearly titers. Okay. But I wouldn't even worry about a titer until three or four years after the last distemper vaccine. Okay, terrific, terrific. And I'm going to ask you probably two specific questions on vaccines that several people have asked me. Okay. Um, living in the uh, northeast area where we, we have so many tick-borne diseases, um, the Lyme vaccine seems to be very controversial. What are your thoughts on that? I know people are really anxious to hear about that. Yeah, and, and you know, the nice thing about where I live here in western Pennsylvania is we don't see very much Lyme disease. And in this area, I don't normally recommend the Lyme vaccine. Uh, however, in your area, I, if I had a dog in your area, I would probably have it vaccinated against Lyme disease. I know that doesn't sound very holistic to some people, uh, but uh, it's just that the disease is so terrible. I would just, uh, I, I think that the vaccine is less of a danger than the disease in that situation. Okay, terrific. Yeah, I know people would like to hear that. So obviously, if ticks are not very prevalent in, in a certain area, you probably would not recommend that. Is that safe to say? And you know what? It's not just ticks, because actually we do see a lot of ticks in our area. But the Lyme disease itself doesn't seem to be, hasn't spread this far. I mean, we'll see an occasional case, but I don't think in this situation it's, it's worth the vaccine. Okay, and you have a different view of pet nutrition than the conventional veterinarians. Um, what is your so-called beef with commercial <laughs> pet food? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to start it because one of my beefs is where is the beef? Because so many foods, especially dry dog food and cat food, is high in carbohydrates, which you know animals in the wild, dogs and cats, would not be out grazing in the grain field. And then the other ingredients that can go into the food can include meats that are unfit for human consumption and really, as far as I'm concerned, unfit for animal consumption too. And that can end up in dog food. And then the food is processed and processing destroys nutrients. And um, so my thought on food is that we should be feeding animals the way their ancestors ate. And to understand that, you simply watch the wolves out in the wild and and see what they're eating. And, And that's kind of the way I think our animals should be fed. And a question that comes up so many times, people say, well, I shouldn't be feeding my dog human food, should I? What I would say is, for me, there's a difference between feeding people food and feeding table scraps. People food, if you're eating healthy food, like if you're eating some freshly cooked meat and some vegetables that are sautéed or lightly cooked, a little bit of that, I, I really don't mind animals getting table scraps tend to be like the fatty parts of the meat that we're cutting off and the skin of the chicken, that can definitely upset a pet's stomach. My biggest concern with feeding people food is that it can, that animals like it so much that sometimes they'll overeat and then they get overweight and that's definitely not a healthy situation. Oh, that's a great point that you brought up. Yeah. So you do acupuncture on pets and you write about it in your book as well. If you can explain to our audience, how does acupuncture work? Yeah, that's another good question. Everyone who comes to me for acupuncture eventually asks that question. And, you know, according to the ancient Chinese, there is energy that runs through our body through channels of, uh, of energy. And 
it's these this flow of energy that allows the body to function properly. So therefore, any problems with the body uh, means that the energy isn't flowing properly, and acupuncture is a way of getting that energy to um, balance out again. Now, from a Western perspective, there's lots of evidence showing that acupuncture can change the chemistry of the body. For instance, it can cause the release of endorphins, which are the body's opiates, the body's pain relievers. It's been shown that acupuncture can relieve muscle spasms and can help even with nerve regeneration. So you can see all of the possibilities of how this could help. Absolutely. And I have to be honest with you, um, I fell off my horse years ago, and the only thing that helped me was a combination of acupuncture and Pilates. So it, it did work. It was very, very helpful. And I've, I've taken my dogs to acupuncture as well since they're very active. And they tend to be very relaxed because a lot of people think you need to sedate your pets during acupuncture. That's not true, is it? No, most animals, especially after they have a treatment or two under their belt, they start to actually like coming to see me, and they'll pull their owners back to the exam room. And sometimes if I'm five minutes late coming into the room, they'll be laying there with this big puddle of drool by their head, and it looks like they've already started without me. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you absolutely, so it's quite visible that they are relaxed and it feels good. Oh, yes, yes. Wonderful. Also, you mentioned um, doing chiropractic on animals as, as well in your, in your book. And I go to a chiropractor for back problems, and I have to admit, I do bring my dogs to a chiropractor. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, the whole idea behind chiropractic is that the nerves that come out from the spine exit the spine between the bones of the uh, spinal column. And if the joints of the spinal column are not functioning properly, then the nerves that are coming out from the spine uh, can be interfered with, and that can lead to dysfunction of the body, not only pain, but also dysfunction of the body. So the idea behind chiropractic is to get the joints of the spine moving properly again, and that helps with back pain, but it can help with other problems as well. And what might they be? Well, I have one client who, uh, her dog had recurrent ear infections, and Ever since we've been doing chiropractic, the ears have stayed in good condition. And I don't know exactly how to explain that, but somehow the nerves to that part of the body must have been affected by some uh, interference from problems with the spine. Oh, how interesting. It does make sense when you think about that because so many dogs, especially with floppy ears, they, they tend to have wax build up and ear infections where they are painful. But I never thought about sending in any of my clients to do acupuncture for that, but they might as well try if it's chronic. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it, I don't think that chiropractic ha- helps every case of ear infections, but every once in a while, it, it does seem to help with things that you wouldn't think it would. And can you combine um, chiropractic with acupuncture? Yes. I mean, that's especially effective when animals have disc problems in their back. A lot of times I'll do both. In fact, I'll use the acupuncture first to kind of relax the muscles, and then I'll go through with the chiropractic and, um, and get things straightened out. I had a really interesting case uh, a couple of weeks ago where this husky came in, and I had been treating it for several weeks with acupuncture, and the owner, after, after the treatment this last time, the dog got up and um, shook, and the shake just stopped halfway down his back. It's like the front heart, half of his body shook, but the back part didn't. 
and the owner said, you know, he's been doing better with his back, but he hasn't been able to shake all the way down his back for a couple of years now. And I said, well, let me do some chiropractic on him. And I went ahead and, and adjusted his back, and immediately the dog shook all the way down his back, all the way down to the tip of his tail. I mean, it was amazing to see the difference. Oh, that must have felt so good for the poor dog, too. It sure looked like it did. Oh, what might some signs be if people are out with their pets where they might want to seek the help of uh, a veterinarian who does chiropractic and acupuncture? Are there any specific signs or visible signs that they might want to look for? Well, with chiropractic, I I see a lot of agility dogs, for one thing, and if they're not performing quite up to par, a lot of times it, it takes such flexibility to do what agility dogs need to do. And a lot of my clients find that just keeping them adjusted, you know, every four to six weeks as a maintenance protocol uh, keeps them performing really well out there. Uh, what other people might see would be like maybe a subtle lameness or even sitting like puppy sitting with both back legs off to the same side. Uh, mm. Sometimes, yeah, if, if they have evasive behavior, like you go to pet their head and they kind of move their head away, Sometimes it's a sign that their neck is hurting or that they have a little bit of a headache. And chiropractic can help with that kind of thing, too. Excellent. Excellent. Well, don't go away. We're going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors. So we'll be right back and we'll continue on with our very interesting conversation with Dr. Joe Knubin. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. your dog some thought with dog thoughts it's the iphone application that everyone's talking about hey, what do you think of this a man in davis california says he's invented an application for the iphone that claims it can read your dog's mind huh? no it's true i read about it on my cat's twitter page that's why jay leno talked about it cbs reported on it and now you can see what all the buzz is about Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world.
Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, your host, and joining us today is Dr. Doug Knuven, a veterinarian, author, and lecturer on the topic that needs to be discussed more than it is, alternative medicines for our pets. Welcome back, Dr. Doug. All right. All right, let's continue on, uh, because I did read your book from start to finish, and I, and I absolutely loved it. And oh. there was a chapter in there about herbal medicine. Uh, what problems do you use herbs for in pets? I'll tell you, herbs can be used uh, in the same ways that drugs can be used, only they have even more uses than drugs have. For instance, uh, the herb echinacea can help with the immune system and help the immune system function properly. So if an animal has an infection, sure, it may be important to give them antibiotics to fight the bacteria. At the same time, though, all the antibiotics in the world aren't going to help if the animal's immune system isn't functioning properly. So giving echinacea along with antibiotics can be beneficial. Herbal medicine can help with things like pain. So instead of uh, cortisone or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories that can cause a lot of side effects, um, herbs often don't have those same side effects and can be used for pain. I've used herbs for seizures, skin conditions. I mean, basically, any kind of problem that comes along, there are things that herbs can help with. I think an important one that I I would love for you to mention, too, because sadly, it it is so common, cancer. Oh, yes, that's true, too. Um, Chemotherapy can be really brutal on animals. And herbs, I, I have found some herbs that can be very beneficial for different types of cancer. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, I personally, uh, years and years ago, one of my um, female golden retrievers was diagnosed with cancer with six months to live, and I mm. did seek out help, and I uh, we gave her plenty of herbs and changed her diet, and she lived until she was uh, 15 years old, and she was diagnosed wow. when she was nine. So oh, I'm a big my. believer. <laughs> I'm yeah. a big, big believer. That'll make uh, you believe, huh? Oh, you bet. You bet. Your book also promotes, which we use a lot in our classes, uh, massage for pets. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, the nice thing about massage is it's something that the owner can do with their pet. And it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of training to know how to rub your animal and make them more comfortable. And so, in fact, in my book, I give instructions on how to do different massage strokes. The massage can help 
bring in the blood supply to the muscles and skin. It can help with the range of motion. It can help relax an animal. And um, sometimes you can detect diseases earlier with massage because you have your hands all over the animal. And finally, uh, it, it improves the bond between the person and the animal. Yeah, and I think it makes us feel better too, don't you? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, you're making your animal feel so good that it makes you feel good as well. Right. It's there's nothing like I find getting my fingers on my dog's body and just rubbing them early in the morning when I'm sitting there having my cup of coffee. Oh, I bet they love that. <laughs> yes, yes, we both do. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a chapter, and um, this was interesting to me because I heard you lecture at the Association of Pet Dog Trainers Conference on. Um, homeopathy and I thought I really never understood it but I thought you explained it so well and it really is explained very nicely in the book so can you explain how it works I'll tell you homeopathy is probably the most controversial of the alternative medicines that I use and it's based homeopathy means like cures like and so um, a substance that can cause certain symptoms in a normal individual, that same substance can be used to cure a disease that causes those same symptoms, which I know it's kind of confusing to try to figure out, but a simple explanation would be we would typically use Ipecac to induce vomiting, but homeopathically, Ipecac would be used to treat vomiting. So it's like cures like. And like I say, it works totally different than we expect in the West. But uh, I've seen some miraculous responses to homeopathy. Can you give one example for the audience off the top Um, of your head? Yes, I had a couple of puppies come in with parvo, which is a very life-threatening diarrhea disease caused by a a virus. It's one of the viruses that we vaccinate animals against. And in puppies, uh, usually what ends up happening is they're in the hospital for a week on IV fluids and antibiotics and Probably these days we can pull 90% of them through, but some of them pass away in spite of our best efforts. But I had a couple of puppies come in with Parvo, and the owners couldn't afford, you know, the the expense of hospitalization. So um, I tried homeopathy with them, and uh, I gave them each a remedy, and each dog needed a different different remedy. Uh, But they both went home the next day with normal stool and eating and, and bright and alert. So to me, that was a pretty miraculous response. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, that really, really, it is it, quite, quite interesting. Well, we have time for one more question, and this you covered in the last chapter of your book, which I really, really enjoyed. It's about that special bond that we share with our pets, and I know what it is, but I want to hear um, your version of it because I really like the chapter so much. What, what is the significance of the pet connection? Well, I'll tell you, um, that was really my favorite chapter of the book to write and as I mentioned in the first question holistic medicine addresses the body mind and spirit and of course in veterinary school I didn't really learn too much about the spirit of animals Um, but since then and and being out in the world and anyone with a pet I think appreciates that each individual animal has the spiritual nature and you know they, they can comfort us they seem to be able to sense when we're having you know, problems, and and they know just how to comfort us. And so, again, part of the healing 
uh, response to pets and part of therapy is just really getting in touch with the spiritual nature of animals. And it involves, you know, things like prayer and laying on of hands healing and and things like that. But even just um, addressing to yourself the acknowledging the spiritual aspects of animals, I think, can be uh, very helpful. Yeah, I so agree with you on that because as our listeners know from listening to the many training sessions that we've had throughout the months, I feel that my approach in training is quite holistic and it's always thinking about the happiness and the fun that we have in training with our dogs. And I think that's something that the bond is developed so closely because spiritually we're both happy about what we're doing together. Oh, that's such a great way to approach training. I think the two just, they go together. Um, So, gosh, I've so enjoyed this. I could talk to you for hours about this. Oh, that's great. I'm sorry we don't have more time, but maybe we can get you back to talk a little bit more in detail um, in the future. But I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. And you can learn more about holistic pet care and Dr. Doug's speaking schedule by going to his website at Beaver animalclinic.com and also Dr. Doug if people are interested in getting your books where can they get them? Well actually all of the major bookstores should be carrying them Uh, if they don't have them in stock you can always ask them for it you can get them online like amazon.com so really there should be no problem with getting the books Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I highly recommend it, and thank you so much for joining us. I'd also like to give a special thanks to our producers for making this show happen. If you'd like a transcript of this show or any other shows on Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please don't forget, email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. So, don't forget, next week, training session time, the holistic way. So, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Dr. Doug, and thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.